It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented today by Fetch Me Home Delivery. To get your family meal delivered in 40 minutes or less, visit the folks at Fetch Me, fetchmehomedelivery.com, or the free Fetch Me delivery app. I know uh, a lot of folks have family in town, myself included, and it's always kind of weird the day before because you're like, what do you do? Because there's a lot of food in the house, but you're not allowed to touch any of it. So the answer, in my opinion, is uh, just don't even leave your house because why would you do that? And uh, and just get the folks at Fetch Me to deliver that to you if you're in the Auburn and Opelika area. Once again, Fetch Me 20 for your first delivery free. Zach Blackerby here with you. Michael Pappas, Painter Sharpless in studio, uh, manning the controls. That's why we sound so good today. Gentlemen, I just want to say uh, on behalf of, you know, tomorrow being Thanksgiving, we will have a show. Locked on Auburn, we'll have a show tomorrow. But I just want to say I'm thankful for you guys. The feeling is mutual. Yeah, I'm thankful for you guys too. Sweet, sweet. All right, I want to get into some Auburn basketball in a second. Big win over Richmond. But Painter, you and I have not talked about the Iron Bowl, at least in front of microphones, with microphones turned on. So I, I want to get your thoughts, um, kind of set how the stage is starting to set itself. Because my thing is, you know, nationally, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about Auburn's great defense going up against this Alabama offense. To me, the story, I think, is going to be told based on what happens when Auburn has the ball. I think that's a fair way of looking at things because we know that Auburn's defense is unlikely to give up 30 points. In fact, it's based on some previous games this season, all of them, it's unlikely they give up 24 points. But I, I definitely would not would be surprised if Alabama can hang 30. And so then the question becomes, and I think you could kind of turn this back on Alabama too, it's not as much about the strengths of the teams. You know what Alabama's offense is going to give you to some extent, even with Mac Jones in. And you know, I think what Auburn's defense is going to give you. Mm-hmm. What are the two weaknesses of the team's gonna do it and whose weakness is greater right now I think it's Auburn's Uh, I think your question was hypothetical but uh, I'm gonna answer it in the way I think I I think Auburn's offense I I don't think it's gotten better and you know there's a lot of comparisons between this Alabama team and this LSU team both have really good offenses both defenses for those teams kind of uncharacteristically off this year and so I, I think when you look at how Auburn's offense matched up against LSU's defense it was a problem. It was an issue. And, you know, just the inability to sustain drives is going to put pressure, one, on themselves, but it's just going to exhaust and, and tire out these these guys trying to make uh, make Mac Jones' life miserable on Saturday. I, I just don't see how it comes together for the Auburn offense this week. And see, I'm in a different camp. I'm more optimistic, but all the points you're raising are concerning to me. All right, so, so talk me out of this mindset. Talk right. me out of, uh, I mean, what, what, what's the glass half full way of looking at it when Auburn has the football going up against Alabama's defense? What's, what's the, uh, the uh, looking at it through orange and blue glasses mm-hmm. approach? I think you've got to expect Auburn to connect on some of its bigger plays, finishing drives, perhaps. Now, Alabama, especially in the air, you're very unlikely to beat them deep and score in one fell swoop. But they are going to have to capitalize on their big plays. That's been a consistent theme for teams, and there haven't been many that have been able to beat them. And so Auburn has got to connect on some plays of 20 or, or more yards. And All right, so so I agree with you. But like I, I when I say connect, I'm using that word intentionally because I'm not sure as 
poor as Auburn's run game has been if they're going to be able to bust off a bunch of 20-yard runs. It's not very likely. Sure. Do you guys – excuse me. Yeah, right? Do you guys – I think that might be the first time I've spoken this morning. Oh, my bad. If Do you guys remember a couple weeks ago when uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide played the vaunted, like, 2-5 and five Tennessee Volunteers team? Yes. And Tennessee not only was competitive in that game, but kind of had a chance to win? They, they were, yeah, they were able to run the ball at some points. Do you think they had a There's, chance to win? Like, do you, do you think that actually, like, was a thing? I think the, the, ga- I mean, the game was kind of close at one point, but we all knew that eventually the dam would break, right? Like, I don't think you really thought in your heart of hearts the Vols were in a position to win that game. Yeah, it would have been shocking if the Vols won. but when I think it would have been shocking Garant- if they were in the fourth quarter and it was still a 10-point game. Mm, yeah, when yeah. Garantano, you know, did the whole went rogue and tried to just QB sneak it and fumbled and d- they returned it for a touchdown, until that point, it was a very close game, and it was because Tennessee was able to run the ball very easily against this Alabama defense. Okay. Uh, the linebackers struggled a lot with gaps. And All right, so if you're looking at it through orange and blue glasses, if Tennessee was able to run the ball while they were really struggling as a team, I mean, they've sure. kind of turned their season around now. But Pro's done a great job there this yeah. year. Yeah. While, they've been, while they were struggling earlier in the season, that's got to give you hope that Auburn will be able to run the ball and for an offense that we haven't seen run the ball against a good team I mean that could really be your your difference here so just to play devil's advocate here what's the main thing we talked about or one of the main things we talked about going into Auburn's game against LSU it was highlighting Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt and what Vanderbilt was able to do against LSU and they were able to run the football against LSU and then you look at it and it's like well Maybe Vanderbilt's running game is better than Auburn's. It's not good. Like I, I, I just don't think Auburn is able to run the football against anybody that has any kind of solid defense or at least talent. I, it just it hasn't worked this year. So I do want to go back to the to the game. Tennessee rushed for 114 yards, okay. 37 attempts, 3.1 yards per rush. So I. Mm. They weren't killing it. You know, like, I, I do think that you're right, Michael. It's not as if Tennessee were all that impressed. I mean, Trey Smith is a really good lineman. But sure, I can't name anyone else on that offensive line. And I, I, I think here the thing I'm looking for most is for Auburn to capitalize in some big plays, and they've got to win the turnover battle. They cannot give Alabama extra opportunities on offense in 2010 – they won the turnover battle in 2013. They won the turnover battle, and in 2017, they tied. Both teams had one turnover in that game. That's going to be important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, Bo Nix hasn't turned the football over uh, in Jordan-Hare Stadium. So, you know, there was the whole conversation going to the Georgia game. Is, is Bo Nix, is it, is it, you know, just the fact that he's good at home and not on the road, or is it, you know, good team versus bad team kind of thing. And, you know, against Georgia, if you're basing it on that, it's like, okay, well, he um, he just hasn't really been able to move the football against good defenses. You know, there's there's been a lot of talk about Auburn's running game. And obviously, if Auburn is able to run the football against Alabama, I think it is, it's obviously going to be huge. It doesn't take a genius to, 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 to see that. But I believe if Auburn is to beat Alabama – I think Bo Nix has to pass the ball and have his best passing game ever. I, I really think that's what it's going to come down to. 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Yeah, and you may be right. That's unfortunate because Alabama's secondary, I think, is the strength of their defense. We, you know, we talked about some of the guys on that defense, but Quandre Diggs, I believe, is his name, and the cornerback, and Xavier McKinney, the safety, are probably the two best players on that defense right now. Raquan Davis is up there also. Um, I. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they put Diggs in one-on-one coverage for the whole game, shadowing Seth Williams to to try to neutralize him. And that that little matchup, I guess, would be Saban versus Gus um, with personnel and that stuff is going to be very interesting to watch because that's that's kind of your your big playmaker on offense and and your big playmakers on defense. I wouldn't be shocked if they put. Two guys kind of focused on Seth. You know, maybe you bump him at the line and then, you know, you, you, you play mm-hmm. a guy deep and just have one-on-one on everybody else. Because if I'm watching the Georgia game, it's like, man, I, I think you can man coverage everybody else. I think you can win one-on-one matchups. Because my question is, who steps up here? Because I, 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 love, I love using Eli Stove in the offense. But I just don't think downfield is is his strength. I think a lot of the stuff is get the ball in his hand, run a gadget play, let Malzahn scheme him open, and then let him you know make a guy or two miss and you know get a first down. I guess the obvious answer is Schwartz, just because of his speed. You know, maybe you're able to create a mismatch there. But outside of that, like I, I just don't see Will Hastings being the guy to step up. I like J.J. Wilson in regards to his size, but he apparently hurt his back working out this week, so it's it's questionable if he's going to be. A hundred percent. It looks like he's going to play, but oh, I'm sorry. Well, yesterday Gus said he was practicing. So yeah, yeah, I but just... yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. You know, everything I've read and heard is kind of is that, and then Cam Martin's not expected to play, so you know, I don't think that's super relevant. You kind of hate it for him. He's been so loyal to Auburn, he's not going to be able to play in his last Iron Bowl, so that's kind of a bummer. But um, it's just kind of interesting to me. You know, does Sal Canella use his size? Uh, I know you're the biggest fan of Sal Canella, um, you know, uh, on the show, Michael. But I just I don't want to sound like this Debbie Downer because, like, I think Auburn's got a shot, but they're gonna have to do stuff they haven't done all year. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, The big one is definitely the running game, but uh, maybe it's... uh, Okay, I agree with you. It's going to take Bo's, probably Bo's best performance of the year uh, to, to beat Alabama. But throughout the season, I mean, this Alabama defense and really the offense, it's, they have not been in a situation where they've had to play 
you know, really a team like Auburn. And they're going to get smacked in the mouth today. And the last time they got smacked in the mouth was LSU. And you saw in the first half, they really didn't respond well. They made a lot of mental mistakes. They made a lot of, uh, you know, very uncharacteristic. Sure. That's true. Issues I think happening. that'll be better, but we did talk about that, right, on yeah. the lunch break. It was in the first quarter, Alabama goes down. It looks like they're about to score two. It kind of fluky. The, I don't know what happened. He yeah. just dropped the ball. And then for the next couple drives, LSU just – it did not look like Alabama was accustomed, and I think they probably weren't, to playing teams with were that fast and athletic and able to keep up with them. Now, they've done that, so I don't expect it to be as big of a problem. And, and I know we're focusing a lot on what Auburn's offense can do, in this matchup, how do y'all think Mac Jones looks in this game? Because he's a four-star and a guy that's plenty talented. You've got Jerry Judy. You've got Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris. It's not as if he doesn't have options. That's the interesting part of this conversation. Tua is a an elite talent, so it's not as if you can just replace him. But also, I don't think Mac Jones... like. I, I don't think they can afford to be conservative here either. They're going to be aggressive, and they've got all the talent around him to do that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think some folks that, that have called in and left voicemails and tweeted at the show and tweeted at me, probably tweeted at you guys, There, there's a section of the Auburn fan base that looks at the Alabama offense, even when Tua was healthy, and said, you know, this offense, it obviously goes through Tua, but it's about these wide receivers. And obviously those wide receivers are still there. I mean, there's four of them that can take it to the house on any play. So as far as helping Mac Jones, like he's he's in a great situation to succeed. Now he's going up against, I think it's the best defense they played all year. Nick Saban said, you know, in his press conference earlier this week, he's expecting Auburn to kind of be the, the biggest challenge that they've had so far this year. Michael and I, earlier, on the, earlier in the week, we talked about, you know, do you think he actually means that? I think he does, mm-hmm. and, and Michael did as well. Just because I think uh, from a matchup standpoint, I think Auburn provides different challenges uh, than LSU does. So uh, I think I think they're going to have to score fewer points to beat Auburn, but those points are going to be harder to come by than they were against LSU. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. I think that comment was twofold. One, we talked to Charlie Potter on the lunch break. He covers the Crimson Tide, and he said that's something that Coach Saban essentially says every week. Now, I think also the other part of that is he's campaigning a little bit. He's trying to build up this game since they're the best thing on their resume right now is a close loss at home. So he has to make this game a big deal. And I think he genuinely meant it when he was talking about Auburn's defensive front. They have not played, and it is very obvious they have not played a defensive line like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's very few in the country, right? I mean, so you can't replicate that, and you know they've got a good, they've had the good defensive linemen, you know. So I mean they're able to do that, but I mean yeah, you, individual talent, not their problem on defense, right? They you, haven't put it together as a unit. You yet. just can't, you can't prepare for Derek Brown. There, you you just can't, you can't simulate that in practice. And you know now there's talks about Malzahn talking about him possibly being the running for the Heisman in regards. You know there's not many players. Uh, in the country better than him. And while I agree, it's just the Heisman isn't the best player in the country. It's the most exciting player on the most exciting team. So that uh, he, he, he's not winning the Heisman. But Michael, I listed all the, the national awards that he um, – he uh, was that funny? Did you like that? Yeah, I did. I thought <laughs> okay. that was kind of funny. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, he, he's going to be really well decorated. And I, I think – I mean, similar, you know, to looking back, the last time that they had – a guy similar to him was Nick Fairley, and I think this Iron Bowl is going to have to be similar to that 2010 Iron Bowl. D- 
defensively as far as you, you need a guy to take over and what other guy is going to do it on the Auburn defense? Or what, I mean, who's more likely to do it than Derrick Brown? It was a bigger conversation point heading into the Georgia game. How concerned slash effective is the crowd? Like that was interesting that that was a big talking point heading into the Georgia game. And I've heard less people talking about the crowd heading into the Iron Bowl. And I think it will be just as big of a factor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the Iron Bowl. I mean, people are going to get up. People are going to get excited for it. The ticket prices are like half what they were a year ago. It's the lowest they've been in like 10 years. Like the average ticket's like $150. Like that's that's the cheapest I can remember an Iron Bowl ticket ever being. I guess that that makes sense in part because Alabama fans are going to buy tickets, I think, to home games no matter what. And they'll travel well, too. That's true. But for the first time since essentially 2011, I guess 2010, the winner of this game is not likely to be playing for a playoff or national champ. Like well, Alabama, I, I think if Alabama wins, they are probably in the playoff. They but might be, depending on how the Georgia LSU game goes. Like I, I don't, but I'm, in the past, it has been very clear cut. Like you can go sure. 2010, Auburn's undefeated. They're off to the SEC championship. 11 and 12. The Crimson Tide win those. Mm-hmm. They go on to back-to-back 13. They're both in it. They're both in it at that point. 14-15 Alabama in the playoff. 16 Alabama in the playoff. 17 Auburn wins. 18 last year. We get it. We yeah. get it, Painter. Right. Right. So um, I, I just think um, I, I think if they win, they kind of stay in the conversation. And then I think LSU beats Georgia. I think Georgia falls out. And I think they have a chance to put Alabama in. They're going to. I think they need some help. Because there are some easy like bailouts for the uh, for the committee. I am fascinated like, to see what they do if Alabama wins this game. Yeah, because if Alabama's eleven and one, and then you've got twelve and one Big Twelve champ Oklahoma, they'll be like, "Well, they won their conference." Boom, mm. and, and it's Oklahoma. I, it's it's still a national brand. That's true. It's still a team that's, that's been there two years in a that row. That helps, right? Like if it were Baylor, if it were Baylor, and Baylor had won that game and held right. on, it's like, "Yeah, sorry, Baylor." You're well, not like getting if, it. But yeah. even if, if Ohio Baylor, State and Oklahoma switch places, like Ohio State probably could, could, could get the nod. But even if Baylor is 12-1 and one and has avenged their one loss to top five OU and won their conference, I still think they could, they, they'll put Baylor in. If Utah wins their conference with one loss, I think there's a good chance they put Utah that, in. I don't know if they'll do it with Utah now. That Oregon win. Loss. Or, well, yeah. Oregon's best win is is what? I mean, yeah, I so a like lo- a loss to Auburn. <laughs> so like I mean. like Alabama, they're in a similar position in that most of what you're looking at is that they haven't lost a lot of games. It's like you know that they're good on the surface, but they also don't have a ton to show for it. I'm not totally disagreeing. I think Oklahoma is a real consideration. I think the Pac-12 with Oregon's loss has eliminated themselves. It, and I don't I don't disagree with that. And Alabama, in my mind, is the best team. Of the bunch that has one losses right now, yeah, one loss it, it, right it's now. It's the whole like you take the four best, the four most deserving. Correct, you know? and, and so that's I. I just think there's a lot of easy outs. If everyone we think is going to win out wins out, I think there's a lot of easy outs for the committee to just be like, well, they won their conference. Boom, you're in instead of Alabama. I don't think. I just don't think they're going to take the out. I mean, when is that ever applied during this reign? You know that 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 they have had over over the course of college football. Like when they, when is the out ever happened? Uh, it, they've used it a couple times, like when Penn State won their conference with two losses, they took the out of being like, well, the other team has one loss, and so they put them in instead, which it, is a it, different out. But If Alabama wins this game, I will 
be fascinated because there's been Alabama fatigue for a long time just because they've been a dominant player and then they've had this 12-year run. But this year it seems louder to me, and part of that I think is because there's more of a legitimate claim like they haven't won any games. They have not yeah. beaten any they have not beaten a single team yet unless they beat Auburn. That is a worthy opponent. But then you look at Auburn and it's like okay, if they lose if if Auburn does lose the Iron Bowl, like is Auburn ranked in the top 20 with four losses? Like they may be just because those losses are such, you know, top 15 teams, yeah, right. top 10 teams. Yeah, so I, like I wouldn't maybe, be surprised if they, if it's a close game which we all expected to be like yeah. they might drop to 19 or something, 18. Right. Auburn has lost three games by what a combined 12 points. It's crazy. It's crazy. And and I got to it's it's going to be close Saturday too. So if they fall in the Iron Bowl, I think it's going to be, you know, like could you lose four games by a total of 15 points? Like that would be that'd be crazy. Oddly enough, Florida being the game that they lost the most by. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, and really? Didn't wasn't that a double digit loss for them whereas LSU was Fl- 3 points and Auburn, Georgia was 7? Auburn lost to Florida by double digits? I don't remember the exact score. I thought it was 2. I think they scored uh, that that run. Didn't late. P. Ryan have a an eighty eight yard oh, touchdown I think, run? I think that kind of put it out of reach. Right, right. I, I don't I don't remember the exact score, but I've heard so many people talk about this, and I've heard this driving around, listening to the drive painter. I'm curious if people have called into the lunch break and said this, but there's a big group of Auburn fans that say it, it almost makes it worse that all these losses are so close that they would prefer to have get blown out by Georgia opposed to being so close. And that is a crazy argument. I've never Definitely heard that. Definitely heard that after the LSU game. That really? was not uncommon. It was 13-24. Auburn lost to Florida 13-24. So the, the yeah, Pretty close. I mean, it is interesting. There's like almost this helplessness feeling that and I think it's twofold. One, the offense going three and out so quickly sometimes is, is a just a, a helpless feeling. Also, the head coach being the offensive guy. Mm-hmm. being the one that's taken that into his arsenal and, and is supposed to be the offensive genius. It yeah. looks like when the defensive coordinator, who's not the head coach, is doing poorly, it's like, all right, we'll get rid of him. Right. It's like, what do you do with the head coach? He's not doing the thing he's supposed to be good at. Yeah, yeah. If Auburn was losing these close games, you know, 45 to 42, I, I think it's a little different as well. So 2013 and 2014, right? It was like yeah. really frustrating, but people were like, well, just get Ellis Johnson out of here. He's taking a nap up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he slept really well. And my God, his hair was beautiful. Silvery. <laughs> I- so I think it's because the close games give you hope, right? You have hope. It hurts more. Yeah, yeah. You got you got hope for fifty eight minutes or fifty nine minutes or whatever, and then. You, but you're telling me you want the team that you pull for to go out there and get creamed? Like I that doesn't make I don't sense totally to me. Buy no, it, but, I. But I, I, I get where the frustration of fans yeah. comes from. It's like you've got all your hopes up. You've invested. CBS has made you watch an eight and a half hour game. Right. And so in the last half hour, you're like, finally, the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then your team loses. Right. And then you just got to listen to Gary talk about it. And, and just, laugh at photographers getting run over. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Good stuff there, Gary. Way Proud to go, Gary. You. Way to go, CBS. All right. I said we were going to talk about basketball, but we're, we're out of time on today's show. So uh, we'll talk basketball a little bit on the Thanksgiving podcast that you can check out tomorrow morning. Use us as an excuse to get away from your family if you want. If you want. I've got an idea. Some of you want it. I've got an idea. Okay. So you're at home. Right. You're like, hey, I'm annoyed by my family. Okay. Someone's like, man, we really need ice. Boom. You're the guy. Volunteer. Run the errand. Get away from your family. Listen to the podcast. And not only are you listening to the podcast, you're getting ice, you're helping the fam, and you get to be similar to 
Isaac Okoro, who was incredible <laughs> last night. That's all I'm going to say. Painter, where can people find you and hear you? 11 to 1 on the lunch break. ESPN 106.7 at Paint Sharpless. Please give us a listen if you like the Locked on Auburn podcast. I imagine you'll love it. You'll love some TLB action. Yes. Follow me on Twitter at Couch Potato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackaby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.